Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Hello. How are you doing? My name is Sean. This is Weekly Games Chat. As a matter of fact, it's episode number 392. We come to you live on twitch.tv for this recording. If you ever wanted to join us, all you got to do is, is, you know, go to twitch.tv on your browser or on your smart device. And um, it's an app on those, right? And you just search for Weekly Games Chat and you'll see us. We go live, you know, every Tuesday to do this. And I say we, because it's not just myself. It is, uh, of course, I'm very happy to say John is here today. Uh, we actually, we, we thought his PTO had come in and he was going to miss the show, but he's here. Uh, and also of course, Chris, um, still, uh, just to kind of get you in on Twitch, you could see the Lego Bowser that he made. He's got it full, full on display today. So, uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Boys, welcome to the show. And to our listeners, just a reminder, this is called the intro. We're going to do a little touch base uh, on on life as it is for us, and then we're going to head into our topic. So uh, we appreciate you tuning in for that. John, how, how goes it, man? It goes well. I was not expecting to be here today, but um, I'm happy I was able to make it because I am excited to hear about some topic that we're talking about today. <laughs> Facts. Facts. Yeah. And I was telling you uh, off air, I'm not afraid to say it now. For me, it, it meant two two things. Good you know, thanks. I was very happy for the obvious that you're here, but by you being here, it meant another thing was potentially good too. So yay for that. Oh, uh, and Chris, how are you doing, man? I, I kind of saw you a little bit today, uh, but we were, I was busy working. Yeah, you and me <laughs> both. Um, I'm good. I was excited to see John was going to be here because I started to type up the news at 8 a.m. this morning <laughs> and it was slim pickings. And I was like, as soon as John said he was going to be on the show, I was like, so that means you're going to do the news, right? And he said, yes. And then I just closed <laughs> my Word document and went back to my life. And I was nice. very happy. Yeah. That's good. Good stuff. The news team is always, you know, we, we appreciate them. And you really know you do when you realize they're not there and you are now the news team, that sucks. Um, but uh, yeah, Chris, you and I spent some time together uh, and that's kind of what I think you wanted to talk about maybe, or the other thing that we actually spent time doing. Wait, what? Chris, tell them what I mean. Well, Sean bought popcorn and he bought raisinets and he didn't notice the hole that I'd cut at the bottom <laughs> of the popcorn. That'd be in the bag of popcorn, sir. <laughs> no, but uh, Sean and I, I didn't think he was actually going to bite on this when I even said it. Uh, we went to the premiere uh, showing here uh, for Ant-Man, Mania last Thursday. Where, where was I? We don't want to talk about that. Um, well, oh, you weren't no. here. Let's just put it that way. Because I didn't think it was going to happen. Then all of a sudden, 535, he's like, I thought you were going to Ant-Man. I was like, I'm not going unless you're going. I thought it was closer to six. It may well, yeah. you know, in that time range, basically what we're implying to John and to everybody, this was a last minute cluster F yeah. uh, that we decided to embark on and just go. Mm -hmm. Um, and we did. I think we decided that we picked good seats though. We don't usually sit there, but we were both Yeah. I mean, outside of I mean, problems that can't be attributed to the seat you're in. You your problems were just the luck of who oh. was behind you. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's one thing I don't miss about people uh, <laughs> is going to the movies with people because you're going to have somebody who has the filter that I don't, or I should say the lack of a filter that I have when I go. 
And that is to make any noise that you want or fiddle or kick your seat. Just people are just not aware in this particular instance, we've all been to our movie theaters and we all get our cups with our plastic lids. And I think the person was, had a nervous twitch to where they were doing the plastic lid right by the, either right by the straw or just kind of popping it on and off, on and off over and over and over and over. And it wouldn't stop. I did the thing that we all think we do and we're menacing. I gave them the look, you know, the look back to no avail. Uh, eventually it, it stopped. Uh, but that didn't stop me and Chris from having a good time. Tell them, Chris, we had a great time, right? You and me. As far as together. being together. Yes, we had a great time. <laughs> I think we also had a great, we can both agree. We had a great time watching Jonathan majors as Kang. He's definitely the person who steals the movie. Um, unfortunately, I can't say that I had a great time with the whole uh, with Quantum Mania. Well, it wasn't. Yeah, it's not yeah. like the best ever. No, I, I, I told somebody today. Would you agree? Just don't go in with any major heavy expectations. Yeah, I mean, I would say you're going to be a lot closer to Thor: Love and Thunder. Than you are to say Ant Man and Wasp. Um, out of those two, sure. Yeah, I don't think the humor was as I'm gonna say a word or mm -hmm. a collection of words as bad as Thor. Uh, no, but it's nowhere near as good as it was for for Ant Man. Ant -Man didn't do a yeah. split before like he I didn't, fought. Like I didn't get. <laughs> I, I think the one thing that who were uh, fans of the first two movies. I'll just go ahead and tell you, you don't get any Michael Pena in this movie. And that yeah, was, that's kind of a letdown for me. Yeah. That was really missing, but you know, it's just kind of where Marvel is like after I got out, I, I more so just thought I really want James Gunn to be successful now. Just not just cause I don't, I want good DC movies as well. Right. But really I want it because it's kind of like, it's like AMD and Intel, right? It feels like to me, Marvel has gotten maybe a little comfortable in what they do and formulaic. And I, one, I don't think the formula is near as strong as what they were doing uh, at the end of phase four, right? But two, I think they don't have anyone who's challenging them to make them raise their bar. And therefore, you know, so it feels very stacked. Like if, if DC came in and actually looked competent, like you're like, oh, okay, they're actually, they got their stuff yeah. together to doing good movies now. Then maybe that makes everyone back at Marvel take a look at themselves and go, okay, maybe we don't need to just worry about doing a, doing it's, a formula. It's not, like, like one of our friend in the chat just said, it's not in game quality. No. Uh, and I, I kind of, and I, for lack of better terms, I think they kind of busted. <laughs> they busted on in game and they, and afterwards they're like, well, what do we do now? Yeah. <laughs> That's how it's they really have felt. a plan, but it just feels I, I don't want to use the word empty, but I think you kind of know what I mean. It's like, what are we yeah, doing? They're not doing movies that overwhelmingly feel like they're centric around their characters and telling stories that fully resolve them. It seems like the first and foremost thing that's important is setting up other things so that they can then have yeah. a big toolbox to to create whatever they want down the line. Yeah. It is what John, it is. with that said, I'd still go watch it again with you if you wanted to. Uh, I'd watch it again too. I've seen, I saw it over the weekend. Oh, did you? Oh. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was good. Um, <laughs> the Modoc. Well, 
Yeah, Modoc was. It was weird. Yeah. I was amused by it. It, it. It's to me, it sort of panned out pretty funny. Um, yeah, our audience laughed when they saw Modoc. <laughs> but it was you know, loud. I, I was like, I thought it was amusing, but. You know, it's one of those things. It's it's I I gotta be consistent. It's like they kind of used a certain villain for narrative purposes in Black Panther two, and just made made this villain and and the world that he that he encapsulates sort of center around what he, they need for servicing the story itself, not for what the 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 source material is. And they kind of did that mm-hmm. here, but you know it. it it was, uh, it, but it was entertaining to watch it, <laughs> you know. And I thought, I, I thought it was consistently funny. Um, it was, it, it was, it was, it had its irreverence for sure. It reminded me of a lot of what James Gunn left. James Gunn, James Gunn left behind. I mean, he created. He's the. I mean, he's the one in the MCU who created this, this whimsical, irreverent story that said well maybe this will work for thor and they started doing it with thor and maybe this will work here and they started doing it there i mean he's the one that made it happen i mean he's the one that made that slapstick humor a part of the mcu in a very prevalent way yeah so that being said um i do have a question about all these multiple timelines spoilers but it's like if why do certain character variants look the exact same, but then there's Peter Parker's who don't look the same? Like, what is that? Because it's... Have going... they thought about that? No, I don't know. I, I, I like Loki, that. Loki is not Loki in, is, as variants, but, but, you know, it's like, it seems like... John is spoiler city right now. <laughs> well, to be fair to Loki. No, 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 no. no, no. Loki had variants in the show. I mean, if you haven't yeah. watched the show... Yeah. That's on you because John gives zero. That was two years ago, man. Yeah, it's been a minute. I'm just, I'm just kidding, man. It's I mean, been to the credit, John, I think the idea comes off the if you have unlimited possibilities, eventually you're going to get one where everything is true. Okay, you're going to get Spider you Pig get that from a spreadsheet. Uh, there's a movie called Everything Everywhere All at Once. This man, this man, he got he signed up to like the wiki page of Marvel variants or something. You know what Chris does. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I, you know what? I think I think we should collectively, like, no, no, for real, like we should watch movies together that are good us movies. We I should mean, do that. Just give me an invite, guys. We can go see. It Guardians should be a natural thing we do, and we should not bypass that at all. Invites are very natural. <laughs> and John just totally missed that I lobbed up his intro. Oh, we shouldn't bypass those. You're right. But John, yeah, well, you said you wanted to talk about a term. You a term called nat, nat, natural bypass buddy yeah i so one of the reasons i mean the reason i'm back is because everything went extremely well yesterday with my father's heart catheterization and nice for, for anybody who doesn't know out and out in the world um a heart catheterization is kind of like an exploratory thing where you try to see if there's anything wrong um Heart-wise, whether you've got a blockage, whether you need to put a stent in, or whether you need to crack that chest open now, so um, they they stuck a tube. They used to st- stick it in order to do the procedure. They used to stick a tube through the groin, um, but now it's through the wrist. <laughs> um, but they shaved him in both places. What? <laughs> Whoa! 
but so they everything went very well. They didn't find anything wrong per se, but what they did say was a while back you had a blockage. Now, for anybody who doesn't know or has never met my father, he's he's a large guy, Chris. You know that, um, and he's always sort of skirted statistics when it's come to his size. It's like doctors get frustrated when they take his blood work and his blood pressure is fine and his cholesterol is fine. It's like it irritates them because they don't have anything to say. You need to do A, B, and A, B, and C because of you know X, Y, and Z. And so what happened yesterday was the doctor comes in and says, <laughs> and says, so a, a while back, we don't know exactly when you had a blockage, but you rerouted it and it's self-corrected. It's like you gave yourself um, a natural bypass, if you will. And I went, I said, I said, get the doctor in here. I need to ask, I need to have him explain it to me. And so the doctor comes in, he explains it exactly the way they said it. So I did, you know, secondhand knowledge. It just didn't seem like a natural bypass was actually a thing, but it really, and it's, 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 it's two, I'm of two minds. I'm so glad everything's okay with him. I really, really am. But at the same time, he's going to be so cocky because he gave himself a natural bypass, like he's Wolverine or something. <laughs> oh, oh, I got a blockage. Right. Fixed it. <laughs> it's right. like, come on, man. But for some reason, sometimes when you have blockages, your body sort of reroutes the cardiovascular system to keep the blood pumping where it needs to go. And that's what happened here. But the guy, um, the guy wants, wants him to remain his patient. Uh, he wants, he, he put him on some, some medication and wants him to become more active and do some more exercise on a more regular basis to see if the problems that brought this cardi this um heart cath along um get worse because from his standpoint nothing's wrong now but he you know but when you're when well that trips me out cuz like at some point yeah it's all going to sometimes be wrong cuz we're going to get older so <laughs> one of my dad's favorite restaurant in the entire world is a place, a barbecue place called Sonny's. It's a chain. It started off as a small time chain. So it was very, I mean, but we've been going there for years on a Sunday after church. We'll go there and just chow. It's like all you can eat chicken, all you can eat ribs. And my mom's in the back seat going, when do you think you had a blockage? He said, probably one of those times I went to Sonny's. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, Sonny's is delicious. It's like, I got it. I got it one time when I went into Sunny's and then I caused my own heart block. Well, well, to tie into what you started talking about, um, I got to highlight Cameron Bishop in chat. Um, he says, so he created a new variant slash vein or artery. Exactly. <laughs> he his, created his, his own his variant. cardiovascular system is a, is a multiverse. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, for me, guys, I just want to talk about something I'm excited for. Uh, I was excited to see... Ant-Man with Chris, I'm excited that you're here today, but I'm excited, and it depends on when you hear this. So, like, if you're in our Twitch chat right now, it's tomorrow, but if you listen to our podcast, normally it's today. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I have got my shipment notification for my PSVR 2. Not, not only did I get the shipment, Sony has let me know that I've gotten my final receipt. 
they they were staying in contact with me. I, what am I looking for? My phone. And also, so I was able to track. I was able to track the uh, the shipment notification, and I live very close to Atlanta in terms of like the world, and it was picked up from the UPS area in Atlanta. So that should mean, in all seriousness, that uh, on to on the on the morrow or on the today, um, I should be getting my PSVR two, and and you know I kind of I part of me wants to do even if it's just for our community, do a unboxing and you know, some stuff like that. The top could happen. You should should save it. You shouldn't unbox it until next week. There's no effing way. The topic Uh, should simply be unbox this. (laughs) Your mom's unbox. Um, Yeah. yeah, That, that, that may get us on a different channel, but uh, I love the way PlayStation does it because they send you an email and it says your package will arrive soon. Love a good package. And it just, they are, I've ordered, so recently I got a PS5 from PlayStation and now I've gotten this from them. And I, I think I ordered stuff in the past. I, I'm going to give them a shout out because they're really like on the ball. You know what I mean? Very good. But uh, it is estimated well, to be here on the 22nd of February. Well, your co-hosts and your listeners are collectively excited for you, Sean. Nice. Oh, I do got a sign for this. So nobody call me to ask me to do anything tomorrow. <laughs> Cause I got to be here to sign for this. So with that said, uh, yeah, can you guess what next week? Buddy, do you want to? <laughs> buddy, do you want to go to uh, to lunch tomorrow from like eleven no, to four? We're gonna. I'm scared to even go to my local Papa John's or the Wendy's on the corner tomorrow, bro. Hey, Sean, can you give me that tracking number? Yeah, man, I'll be right on it. It is. A... <laughs> I'm gonna need you That's to come awesome. in the building for a six hour meeting tomorrow. Need you to build me something. Thanks. Yeah, that would be awesome. Oh, needs funny. needs to be done by next Tuesday, so you might have to work late hours. Um, and what happened? You're coming in the building every day for a week. What? The, where? What? What is he doing? He's blending worlds right now, John, and I don't like it. You're stainless. He's blending real life with celebrity podcast life. It's not cool. It is. I'll tell you that much. But, but ladies and gentlemen, if you thought this intro topic was not cool, I have some good news for you. That's it. We are done with the intro. And, and if you're watching on Twitch in just a moment, Chris is going to change our, our logo to let you know we are in topic time. And if you just heard me say that, the next thing you're going to hear is us introducing that topic time. Ladies and gentlemen, we did it. We have arrived at this week's topic time. And that's I think that's awesome, right? Yeah. So whether or not you listen to that entire intro sec, uh, segment or not, if you looked at your device and said, no, I just want to go straight to the topic. Uh, regardless of all that, we're all here together. Let's let's get cozy. Uh, let's, you know, and let's, Sean, just shut up and let Chris do what he does and intro this thing properly. I had to clear my throat first. Let me clear my throat. The topic is. Oh. 
super excited. Like Chris, I, was, I have to tell you, I heard all of that through mm-hmm. the audio. Does that mean there's a problem with the audio? If I could hear it, <laughs> no. I'm a little worried. Well, how did I? I heard the music. I heard him. I heard him belt out the. What sound. did you do? Because we Nothing. normally don't hear any of that. I don't know. Nothing. Oh my god, this can't. John's right. This can't be good. He's holding mm. out. He no, he's holding. <laughs> But I was looking at my setup and forever I've had the uh, Quidditch banners hanging up. If you've listened to I've got a, a little Hogwarts. You can take that down. Like That's it. not allowed in this. Right here. Uh <laughs> it's I'm just a I'm a huge, you know, fan of the series. And it's kind of cool to know that this uh this video game finally arrived. Uh and for those of you who uh maybe listen to the show who, you know, don't want spoilers, maybe you're kind of new into that world to the books, whatever. Good news. This has nothing to do with that. Uh, it's actually set place uh, in the time frame my kid thought I was born in. Fun fact: in the 1800s. Uh, so this is a long time before everything you think you know about anything related to Hogwarts. Uh, and it's kind of cool because you get to create a student, and and I like the way they tie it in on how this occurs because this student. Um, I'm going to go ahead. This is a slight spoiler. You're a fifth year, and that's big if you kind of know what that means. Um, and the way they kind of introduce you and start your journey, I think is pretty cool. Um, and you have no idea what is going to happen, uh, uh, it, this, this world. Cause I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if you, if you missed out on this, it is a, uh, it's like an action RPG. So that means it's a big world to have fun and explore. And I'll kind of shut up and let Chris give some opening thoughts on uh, the things kind of, I just did anything he wants to add or, or build up on. Um, no, man, I think, yeah. Kind of nailed the the initial sub, right? Yeah, you, fifth year. You nailed it. You nailed it. I, yes, first try. Well, it was, it's very cool. If you missed this, and and boys, this is this was fun. John, you brought this up last week. Um, there are, of course, with it being Hogwarts, there's four houses. That's that's just part of the shtick, right? Uh, Hufflepuff, uh, Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, and Slytherin, right? Uh, what we found out is. There's there's four of us who we know we're playing the game, our, us three hosts, and our good friend and friend of the show, uh, Mike. And we noticed, I think John pointed this out, maybe Chris said, I don't know, but we all ended up being different houses, which was pretty cool, which means all four of us were all four of the different houses. And I thought that was cool. Uh, and I'll give you this tidbit because I, at one point I was sharing my screen with Mike and I, I was a Hufflepuff. And it, it was, oh, no, it was you, Chris. I, it was both of y'all. I showed the screen and you guys had not seen that common room that you would get for your house. So that was different. And also I brought up a point where I was in the story and the way I narrated it, Chris was like, oh yeah, that's right. I didn't get to see that because Chris is a Ravenclaw and that part of the story to get me to the rest of the story was a, a way that you do it as a Hufflepuff. So that's kind of cool that the game does that. Mm-hmm. Um I just, I think that's super, super cool. But uh, Chris, you want to start off and kind of like how you create your character or how did you want to do it? Did you want to go into that? Any kind of point you wanted to make there or just kind of um, get into the meat and potatoes? As as far as character creation, it's, it's decent. I mean, it's not a lot of customization. It's just kind of like, hey, there's a bunch of preset ads. You can, you know, of course, change your skin complexion as you want. You can name the character, whatever you want. Um, the one thing I would suggest is regardless if you choose male or female, there's really only 
one voice that's in the game for each sex, right? And the the other options that are in there are just literally audio effects where they have pitched the voice up or down based on what your selection is. So I would just tell you, don't do that because it sounds really weird and you can tell that there's a computer effect and it's just, it, it's not very well built out. Just go with the default voice. Otherwise you're going to be like, what's going on here? And I think they knew it was maybe an issue because you can literally at any point go into the menus and, and kind of change the pitch of, of your character as far as how they sound <laughs> just because, you know, I think they realized, Hey, some people after a while might not be huge on that. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, afterwards, uh, as far as the class or the house stuff, it's probably one of my like kind of start of like things where I was like, uh, you know, I kind of wish there was more to this. Like it's very cosmetic for the most part outside of, I think like, as Sean said, like you get every house kind of has one distinct mission that's theirs. Right. And I know there's a person from my house. I've been on the mission. I think Ravenclaw is the unique one where you don't have like a mainline consistent companion that's going on a, a quest for their house type thing. Right. Like um, I know Gryffindor has uh, what's her name? Natty. Right. Yeah. Uh, Sl- yeah. Slytherin has Sebastian poppies with uh huffle puff, but there's like one mission <laughs> with a dude who's really big into astronomy that he goes on, but for the most part, he's out of it. So Ravenclaw, they kind of get the short end of the stick, but really outside of just like what you want to be in the game, as far as your colors and all that, there isn't anything much more to it, right? Like, like you don't have something kind of special because you're Ravenclaw versus Sean, like Sean can't do better with animals because he's he's hufflepuff and i can't be like well i learned spells quickly because i'm ravenclaw and john can't you know automatically just get more strength or something because he's the brave gryffindor and mike can't just naturally be evil because he's slytherin right well (laughs) i think i think i know the reason behind that Mm -hmm. at least in my mind this is what i concluded um, and it's and like we told you earlier that it's we're in the 1800s and i think we're at a point in time where the the quote unquote evil that eventually consumes Hogwarts, the students, and and the world that we know from what we already know, it's it's more of a pure time, if that makes sense. And what I mean by that is, there's sure there's evil and there's bad guys, and there is a bad guy or mm-hmm. whatever that is kind of your enemy in this story, but it's not the same as like Voldemort and and things like that. And if you remember, and I don't want to spoil anything, but there was a big reason why that affected certain things. And I think that's why to your point, yeah, it is lacking some sort of uh, especially what we've seen in this world before, like competitive nature of houses and key figures, you know, from each house Uh, and, and to kind of even go further. um, I'm going to talk about my excitement on what I considered the big check marks that as a, as a big fan of Harry Potter, Mm-hmm. Uh, what I needed to see in a game that was called Hogwarts Legacy. Sure. Uh, I think I think my vision was going to be a little more. It's just going to be a little different than what Chris's was. Uh, and that's not to say Chris doesn't like Harry Potter and things like that. And and our job is to look at it as it is right now in this game. Chris hates Harry uh, Potter. Chris, hates, but like what I'm what I'm getting to is like 
So the game, if you know this world, uh, the word Quidditch should make you excited. Yeah. And to kind of highlight Chris's point, the game doesn't really let you play Quidditch. And I think that's on purpose. And I think that would have, again, added um, added that competition between the houses that I think the game's creators just kind of were like, let's, let's not really go there with that. Well, um, they've said they're bringing it in DLC. They are. Yeah. Well, then I'm reading tweets recently like chris just mentioned they they thought that it would come later in a dlc no they didn't want it in the initial story Mm. but then i saw a tweet where they don't want to bring any dlc yeah they're not they've just said that quidditch would be coming later is like the main thing that they came out and i think it's if i had to guess i think it's just having like if you notice like because you've gotten flying and all that right like Mm -hmm. like you notice if you notice like as soon as you get on the broom they get you and the other kid that you go flying with for the first time away from everyone else. And I I really do think it might be a technical limitation, probably not for the consoles or PC, but more so because they're planning because this game is eventually going to switch into the last gen stuff. And I think that's where like you, the hiccup could be. Yeah. yeah, Like you, I mean, you see the little limitations like throughout the game of like where I don't think they are more so limitations right now for the versions for people who are playing today. I think they're just, it's good level design on their point part where there it's like when this does have to go somewhere else, it's built in a way that it can function. Right. And that, that actually makes sense for sure. And, mm. and I'm, Chris may have more knowledge when it comes to things like that. I I'm on purpose leading up to the game. I didn't want any spoilers about anything to do with the story of, I wanted this to be like, I'm reading a book for the first time type experience. Right. Um, so, and he just kind of alluded to one of the big check marks I wanted to to see. Um, it, it is, it, it is. Sorry. Sorry, Sean, go ahead. No, go ahead, bud. It is an interesting observation by Chris to, to say that, you know, like it, at bare minimum differentiating between the houses other than cosmetically where almost like it's like a uh, fallout or the outer worlds where, you know, Hogwarts, you have a, you have a, you have a boost in your bravery. I'm, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. In Gryffindor, you have a boost in bravery and in, in Ravenclaw, you have a, a boost in resourcefulness and um, your passive skill for Hufflepuff is loyalty, that kind of stuff where, you, where right. you know, where you can, you know, with, with Hufflepuff, you can manipulate the skill trees a little better. Kind of like with that, with that, um, I don't know. It, it, there's an interesting aspect to that where I think, I think differentiating the houses like that could have been, could have been an interesting opportunity, but yeah. You know, I, I just I just want to say off the jump, and I'll let you guys roll with whatever you want. The most important thing that this game had to do off the jump was get this world right for and sure. make you feel like you were in. Oh, for sure, um, you're you're in this world that she who will not be named created. Yeah, and and, and Chris said something at one point, and I'll get back to I, right before John spoke. I spoke of a check mark. Chris alluded to. Let me go ahead and hit that. Uh, one of the things, if you're a fan, you want to have that moment where you get your broom for the first time. They do it right. It's cool. It, mm-hmm. it, it. Let's let's say if you're familiar with the book or the movie, when when Harry gets his broom in that situation right there, this is almost like a, a different. We talked about different worlds or variances. This is almost like that. They it still felt great, and then like to Chris's point, you immediately get to hop on that broom and fly with someone and it gives you it gives you these feelings of of quidditch or it gives you this feeling of 
adventure, which is fan fantastic. I, it really was. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm not missing the competition that, that we kind of expect from the houses, even though I'm pre-wired to know that it exists. Uh, I, Cause to your point, like there are games out there. I, I think they wanted to avoid that sort of um, in-game controversy. They wanted to keep it more, what I'm gathering more on the bad guy. I uh, guess, well, let me reiterate, reiterate for me personally, I don't think it's about the competition, right? I think for me, it's like, being able to have a character necessarily that feels like your own, right? Like if you wanted to sit there and say, I'm role playing a Slytherin and therefore because he's Slytherin, he just happens to like focus on these things versus a Gryffindor who may focus on these things. Like there isn't that option. You're kind of like, after you get your house, your house is your name. And every now and then people make a reference to it. And a couple of times in the story, you'll wake up in your, your common room. Right. But for the most part, you're not going to your common room unless you choose to go there. You're not going and hanging out with your your common housemates all the time. You're more so just, even though you're a Hufflepuff and I'm a Ravenclaw, right? We're going to get the same spells. We're going to be just as proficient with them as, yeah. as we are there. Like So it's just kind of like, it's not like a big RPG on that sense. Like you're not building it. Like for instance, like the best example of something recent that isn't like a Bethesda type game, but is still has that variation. Your Kratos plays probably different than my Kratos played. Right. <laughs> Even though we're okay. both playing as the guy, because we had the ability to build and kind of do a unique thing of like how we want to gear him, how we want to, what abilities we want to use. Outside, Does your gear have stats? Yeah. Uh yeah, but it's mainly just offense and deep. There's not like um you know how like you know you're talking like remember John Odyssey where you had like the Amazonian set and you know Hephaestus set and all that kind of stuff. You don't have that. Th- that's not here. I don't know what that means, yeah. but I I know that I haven't had any uh like as a fan, I don't I don't it has not even remotely touched my world on how that's affected the gameplay at all um, yeah and i'm gonna say that it's not to be controversial with chris and be combative with you it's just to kind of give you the listener a perspective on on like me as a real like hardcore fan of I, that just i'm so engulfed in and the point john made earlier of the fact that for the most part they got it right and chris mm-hmm. you alluded to this too when you're in the world they really do make you feel like you're a walking character in this world uh experience in this new story Mm-hmm. And I think you even, this may be a good tie-in to like school and the missions. I don't know, but well, you even you admitted one time how like going it felt like you were a student at Hogwarts. Yeah, I don't know like if that eventually the, changed because you you the, you are a lot further in the head. Let's go ahead and point that out too. That's another marker. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much time I put in the game. I think I'm a level 15, almost a 16. For example, Chris is like a 29 or something, right? A 31 now. 31 yeah i know for a fact he's got over 30 hours in the game i'm probably at like 10 to 15 hours maybe even less but that's just how we're different we're different playing i don't want to beat this game fast and i'm not saying chris wanted to but just for perspective's sake just so you guys kind of know where we're coming from yeah i'll say i'll say i just uh, real quick i just love how it starts because regardless of the character you create the the game succeeds in making you 
while separating itself from Harry Potter itself, it makes you feel like you are unique in that sense. Like you are, you are a Harry Potter type character. Everybody at Hogwarts is talking about you. You're that fifth year, you're that fifth year that walked in. This never happens. It's like, everybody's got you on their radar. Every, the, the way the boy who lived was, and it's just, yeah. it, it's, it, it really just does a very interesting and good job recreating a sense of importance because I was always worried about how successful can, can the world of Hogwarts be without its central character of Harry Potter? Kind of like how people think that star Wars can't be successful without lightsabers. And then Mandalorian comes along. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They kind of do that I feel chosen, you. chosen thing with your character, which therefore gives you importance. But yeah, getting back to what you were saying before, Sean, um, I think the number one thing this game does very well, like uh, above all else is Hogwarts itself, right? Like is maybe not the map, but getting past the map, the <laughs> actual like That's a spoiler. He does yeah. not like the map. We'll get in that in a minute. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> the actual place, like, you know, if you're a fan, especially if you're a fan of the movies aesthetic, right. In what they established. Yeah. Even, and, even the books aesthetic. Yeah. Like for sure, yeah, the description, like, you know, you feel like you were walking when you're going to, uh, what's called Hogsmeade. No, uh, deviation, div- whatever you know like defense against the dark arts and all that stuff yeah like you're going up the stairs and once you get to the top of the tower oh because it's at the very top tower you have to go up a ladder to go in there and like that all that all feels like it does like if you've watched those movies everything is where it's supposed to be it's not just like they put a bunch of things yeah they were very true to yeah kind of the the this what we already know Mm-hmm. Hogwarts is ancient. It's been around. And then we, we got to explore it as a reader and as a viewer of the movie. So I think they did handle it with care, if you will. Yeah. Um, like if, if you're going around, like, you know, the way you would expect the paintings, they are moving. Uh, if you go by the paintings at night, they will be sleeping. Uh, you'll see ghosts out there. One of the things I do really like that you don't really see in the movies that much, if at all, I don't think he's in all in any of them. I know headless Nick is, but peeves ne- is nearly headless nick yeah sorry i'm i'm, I'm sorry <laughs> no but uh because people people come at you bro like but um the, the potter fans they'll be like headless nick he's but, nearly headless bro <laughs> but you know like peeves <laughs> is a character that consistently is referenced in the books right like as far as annoying and you don't really see him in movies yeah no he's he's not there at all and here he you know i hate it just as much as those kids do every time i hear his voice i'm like Oh, peeves, you know, but yeah, like the defense against the defense, uh, the dark arts class, right? It's where it should be. And even though it's not the professor, you know, teaching it, right? It's still that classroom that's probably been oh, yeah, no taught doubt. in for the last they, they thousand nailed all that, years. Dude. The yeah. potions classes, the herbology classes. Mm-hmm. To, yeah, it's and it's fun. Also, while we're on the topic of like the castle. It's very cool to kind of explore it, kind of like how you probably wish you could. Yeah. And you actually are finding things while you're exploring. Like, yeah. it truly does feel like an adventure within in and of itself in, inside the castle. Yeah. Uh, I really love it. And that's why, I mean, we'll eventually talk about the side quests. A lot of those are, are tied into the castle. It's kind of fun. Uh, for me as a fan, it, mm. it's definitely yeah. not just fan service. It's It's good stuff. I mean, I'm not like for someone like yourself, like 
the super fan, like I think it's really hard for me to go like if all you're wanting is that immersion, right? If that's what mattered the most to you, it's pretty hard to argue that you're going to be dissatisfied with what you get, right? Like, you know, if that's what you're judging this game on, then, or if that's what your expectations and demands were for the game, then they're going to be met and you're going to probably have a great time. Like, sure, you might not love everything in the game, but I think that will be enough for that fan base. Say versus like way back in the day when they did the Matrix game, it wasn't because it didn't feel like the world of the Matrix. And and that's a good point. Sometimes like these games that are, that have these ultra fan bases, Mm -hmm. uh, it can be very not good if they create a world that's not like what they think they should make. Or I should use a more recent one. Marvel's Avengers. Right. (laughs) Right. That's probably a great one. And and largely and in part, yeah, dude, I, if they would have, you know, messed this up uh, and kind of ruined what I thought, I would have not been happy, but I can clearly say they didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I think we are going to look guys. I'm just going to get again. He's not, uh, you know, meta, he's not like crapping on this game. He's pointing out things from a perspective that's going to be a little different than mine. And yeah. just remember that's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, that's the strongest thing I could say in the game. I, I also think the basis for the combat is good. Um, I do too. I kind of like it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a good system. It just, it doesn't, the, the one knock I would say is it doesn't really evolve over time. Um, it's kind of the same thing. And the only evolution in the enemies is more enemies, right? Like they're just like, okay, well you, cause you saw it. Like you do the, uh, one of the first things you do in this game is you do the kind of like fight club at school. <laughs> and first it's like, okay, you and one other person versus two people, then you and one other person versus three people. And then finally four. Well, one thing and, they add to it that, I mean, it probably is going to get repetitive. I'm like, I said, I'm not near as far as you, but yeah. So some of the people you play, some of the spells you learn, you have to use those spells properly against the shielding yeah. that your enemies have. And if you don't, it can make for a very hard fight. Uh, you do have to kind of evolve as a spellcaster. Um, but once you kind of understand what you're in, like let's say that th- they throw a fight on you you don't expect, you may fail. But mm-hmm. then immediately you come back and you go, okay, now I know what I got to do. And you kind of, you kind of, tighten it all up the game tries to give you an in-game hint to tell you to kind of equip better gear so you can handle higher up enemies yeah it does it does help it really does yeah and and like to your point earlier i i have no idea how those other systems were with equipment and gear um but our player does benefit like you said mostly from offense and defense and i think you get like this overall rating but what's very very cool to me and it, it could be better uh, but like you can basically like if you get a slotted piece of gear that's your best and let's say you have a collection, I'm going to use robes as an example. You find the robe you're going to move and rock no matter what. Uh, but you've collected six other robes. Mm-hmm. Well, the game, you can sell them off or you can kind of destroy them, but they're always going to be available to use to kind of modify or what some of us call as transmog. Uh, so you, your character can always look how you want it to look Uh from like your appearance sort of view. And mm-hmm. I think that's cool. And it can be kind of funny. Like if I, I pre-ordered this game, right? We got the collector's edition or whatever. And some of the rewards we got were the dark arts, like cloak and scarf and outfit. So you straight up could be dark arts, Chris, but yeah. like in Ravenclaw talking to Ravenclaw people in cutscenes, it would be hilarious. 
Yeah. I think that's pretty funny. It's yeah. I can already tell you now uh, for folks who are early on, if you get a higher piece of gear until you kind of get late in the game, um, pretty much the default rule should be if the piece is overall higher stats, just go ahead and equip it and sell whatever you're not. That's your best way to make money outside of uh, a couple of other things that you can do later on. But like, Primarily, that's what you're going to be doing. You're going to be going like, okay, I'm level because the gear that you discover is always going to be attuned to the level you are in the game. It's again, there's not definitive steps like sets that you never want to sell away. It's, you know, you could have a legendary and if you get a new legendary for that same position and it's higher stats there's no reason to keep that because as sean said everything once you acquire it the first time becomes cosmetically unlocked forever right so you can consistently doing it and that kind of does have one the one thing i will say i really hope they patch soon uh and sean i'm sure you've probably experienced by now the only thing that sucks anytime you change a piece of gear it automatically defaults to that new gear look even though you, you had don't, it previously transmogged. Yeah, like it's kind of like yeah. they, I want them to have a system kind of akin to Assassin's Creed, Cyberpunk has it. I think even WoW has it, right? Like where yeah. pretty much you have your your set. This is what my default appearance is, and then whatever I'm slotting doesn't matter, right? Like that's and it it's not a hard fix. Like you know, I think it's yeah. just it's weird. WoW's WoW's at for my example, what you can save a set. Like let's say I wanted it to call. Mm sean's ba set right and i wanted it to always look like that i would still have to quickly go into my transmog menu and just hit equip and it would mm -hmm. immediately do it but that's not even an option in this game no you, you literally like i hate like i like to hide like like uh for example there's a headpiece i want to hide that i want to hide my scarf they give you yeah uh and some of you guys may be like I, but like i'm you know i'm <laughs> very basic with like one, I don't wear glasses, so I never want to have glasses on. And I kind of really, like, I know there's a lot of unique designs you can unlock over time, robes and all that. But outside of maybe what's underneath, like, the actual, you know, chest piece you're wearing, I would say 95% of the time, I just want my basic Hogwarts robe on, right? Because I want to look and feel like I'm a student at Hogwarts, not that I'm just some random wizard in the world that's yeah, already graduated yeah, I, yeah that's one thing i am trying to do and just a reminder i mean it's an it's an action rpg right so mm. uh like i mentioned i joked you could it would be kind of weird if you really want to if you really want to get into the game to dress up like a dark arts you know believer but you're talking to like your you know your herbology teacher it'd be kind of weird to do that yeah. i kind of want to rpg it and look like a Hufflepuff. So a lot of my aesthetic that I choose is very Hufflepuffish, and and you know it is what it is. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that's pretty cool. And and so like the ways it's an RPG, the way you level and, and get stuff is really just like you do any other RPG. It's there's different combats and quests and uh, explorations. I, I love going around and and finding like chests uh, that that give me either like new items or or gold. Um, and I gotta say early part of the game there's no there, you have to run to all these places or something i think john will like i kind of like the fast travel system in this game despite something that i want chris to talk about that i happen to agree with chris on and that is accessing the fast travel 
via that map that had potential, but is just atrocious. Yeah. So the map mostly is mostly the castle one. Yeah. The map works on kind of like three sections, right? You have a, you have a Hogsmeade map, you have a open world, like surrounding area map, and you have a Hogwarts map. I don't think the only thing I would tell for someone like John, John, the moment you get a broom, go out into the world and just start traveling to every fast travel point. You'll thank me later on that. It's like sure. one, one 10 minute journey of your life. You'll be thankful you did. Um, well, I, I started, I, I started to pick up on the fact that just arriving at a location. That's yes. Marked, yeah. Unlocked it. Yes. Yeah. That's all you have to do. But what we're saying is so like early on, you got to run to those places or just by happenstance, find them. Yeah. Right? So you'll see them unmarked on your map. They, they turn green when you find them. Isn't that you'll see them as, you'll see, I mean, I'm very used to that. Yeah. Yeah. But what we're saying is when you get your broom, now you can just fly around the places real quick and unlock them. So later on, if you yeah. don't want to fly on your broom and fast travel back to point A, B, C, or D, you can do it really, really quick. You will have points like where if you're at the main castle, it will be like, go meet this person here. And it will be a, it'll be a clip, but even on your broom to get there and there's no other way to get there at that point than either walk or get on a broom and travel out there so just do it early is what i would say and then you don't yeah have i mean it's a good tip yeah but, but um, what, i'm sorry but what's wrong with the fast travel or the nothing well no, no the, the, the fast only, travel system itself I, what i was saying and i'll let chris finish yeah. it's great yeah when you have everything kind of unlocked it you just you pull up the map and if when if you can navigate to find the place you want to travel to mm-hmm it's fantastic, right? Right. But accessing the, that 3D map, I'm going to give you an example when Chris gets done of one that does it well. And you mm-hmm. you may be surprised. But compared to what Chris is about to say, it's it's very convoluted and and just um I don't know, Chris. Yeah, the map for Hogwarts itself is a pain especially early on when you're trying to unlock those places because there is no way to actually look at the map interior or floor by floor, right? Like you, you don't have a way to do that. You just, you have different sections of Hogwarts that you can highlight and see potential fast travel points. And the good thing I guess you could say is a lot of times if you're going to a class, there's usually a fast travel point that is right next to that classroom, right? Like, you know, you're going to defense of the dark arts there's one right next to it and you can just walk into the classroom but there are other times where it's like hey meet at this location there isn't necessarily a fast travel place and you go to that area that's in and then it's kind of the guessing game of what's the best fast travel point to access and if you guess wrong then you can either fast travel again or just start just running until you get there so you're just like all right I'm going to go here. And you're like, nope, you guessed wrong. It's at the very bottom of this section. So now you need to descend 20 floors, you know, running around. It can get frustrating for sure. If you could zoom in on that map a little better, Mm -hmm. or if you, when you twisted it left or right, you know, a little better, it could be better. Um, Like you remember the divine beasts maps in Zelda breath of the wild, how you could really kind of look in there, Mm -hmm. even if they would have gone to that extreme for Hogwarts. I think it would be fine and it would not be frustrating. It's not, it's not the worst thing. It's just frustrating. One thing they do to make it easier. If you do kind of want to run around or if you missed your fast travel, um, you can press up on your D pad. I don't know if this is the same on PC, It is, but what it'll do is it'll give you like a breadcrumb to follow. So if you have an active quest, 
you can push that and it kind of gives you this magical breadcrumb to follow. So you don't make a left when you should make a right and vice yeah. versa. I think the hardest part for me was I was trying to do a thing for a quest where markers aren't on the map. You have to go find these things and there's a bunch of them there in Hogwarts. And it was like, okay, go to the dragon statue. And I was like, okay, there's no fast travel point. That's distinctively right next to that. So I had to kind of guess a starting location and then go, Nope, not that way. Nope, not that way. And eventually, (laughs) eventually, uh, you know, after four or five attempts of going different directions, I found a sleeping dragon statue and I was new. I was on, the right trail <laughs> well for fans of the series you'll remember something that's awesome and that's called the marauders map i'm literally right behind this camera there's one hanging on the wall unfortunately it's not to that awesomeness uh it yeah. services you uh but you'd rather if that same map you'd rather look at it like from a hogsmeade standpoint there's more room to wiggle around to see things clearer yeah. um yeah. again it's it could be better and one thing that is nice, though, the the same level, again, outside of Hogwarts, when you're on your broom, you can use that reveal spell and it will show you like the little challenges that are right around you. So, you oh, and that's a very good point. Yeah. So like along with some of the spells you learn, um, and these would be like the, you know, the killing curse, y'all, the Avada Kedavra or uh, Lumos. Like, well, I was going to say like Lumos. Lumos is what they call like an essential spell. So you're always going to be able to have Lumos, uh, Revelio, things like that. Um, but there's going to be some that you learn uh, that you have to equip that kind of are your your fighting spells or what have you. There's one that you can turn yourself. All of the ones you ever knew of are in the game. Uh, it, but in order to get those, so the non-essential, non-essential spells like Lumos, if you want to get other ones, um, you have to eventually get to a point where they're rewarded to you or you, you learn them through story or what have you. But then there's like this little mini cut scene and it was kind of, I'm going to give you guys a heads up. It's a little tough the first time or twice you do it because you have to kind of follow this path. So imagine like a, an M with an L shape at the end of it, but you have to like hit these points up and down the M where you literally have to guide your, your like your stick, your thumbstick up and down, up and down. And as you're doing that, Make sure you hit the points. If there's like a on PlayStation, for example, if there's a square or an X or a triangle, you need to hit it. Uh, Chris played it on PC, and I think he probably played with an Xbox controller. So I imagine it showed that, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, so that to me was kind of like, okay, that's cool. But I think, well, it's not realistic, of course, compared to like how you know students would actually be at hogwarts learning these spells i think the part that is realistic is leviosa yeah yeah it's <laughs> right things like up up <laughs> yeah. right. um there's not really any of that but i do like the part where at least like you know you have your professors giving you tasks before you just get that unlock right like yeah that that, that does feel like it fits And it's cool. Again, this ties into how do they make you feel like this is truly a fifth year student. The, the, without spoilers, the professors end up giving you these quote unquote extra assignments to quote, catch you up. And in doing so you'll learn different spells, but that's also gives you an opportunity to explore. Um, I, I do think that's one of the funnest parts that I've done so far. I do think the main story is phenomenal. Uh, it's, it, it hooked me from the beginning. 
Uh, so when you look at the the different uh, missions, they they, they kind of are like any other game you've played as an RPG where you'll have the main mission icon and you have side missions and things like that. You can also track them uh, in the system or in, in the menu system by either just main quest or just side quest or completed quest. So you can kind of filter that how you want to. Um, but I wouldn't sleep on some of the side quests. Look at the rewards. Um, because there's going to be some spells that as a fan, you may want those eventually in your artillery. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, the main story I would say after a while, like if you've read a Harry Potter book, you kind of know where it's, it's going right. Like as far as themes and all that, but it's still, it feels like it fits. Um, and it, it's like, and it, I also like the fact that much like the books, you know, they've done the thing here where it is broken up into a full year at Hogwarts, right? Where you start at the end of summer, eventually oh, yeah. you will move on. Yeah. You'll move on to autumn and then to winter and, you know, certain, you know, much like the books, I would say it feels like the later you go into the school year, the higher the stakes get raised. Right. Um, which is cool yeah i'm glad you noticed that that's pretty cool like that's that definitely fits here um the side quests there's a couple that are like there seems to be one that is usually mainly around one person of the three houses like i alluded to earlier that is more the like true beefy i would say you know side quest the the bulk of the others are primarily fetch quest for a better term like you know it's hey man my person had this this you know my family what had are those this, keys uh, called the, the with the wings yeah um, i can't remember whistling the, well, some of the some or... of the fit what, I, what i'm trying to get at is some of the fetch quests that he alluded to end up unlocking an additional potential yeah collection like, or collection or but there's like yeah. our like there's that girl from slither and she's like my family had this heirloom and it got lost on this lake and i was thinking there was going to be something more to oh no you just lake. yeah that one was a complete letdown you're not wrong yeah, yeah you just um, go out to lake and okay here th- you go that, that's a great <laughs> highlight that example you you read this as a gamer and you think i'm about to go dive in this lake and it's about to get lit and i'm gonna be on this like no and you don't even get to go underwater bro you just you hit a button and you come back up you're like <laughs> oh here you go so cool. that was probably the lowest to me on side quest but the other ones they at least, uh, it could be fan service for me. I don't know, but they at least, some of them give you what I call value or what I consider value because they unlock the ability to now, for example, see this key that flies around with wings, yeah. which can unlock a treasure eventually. Sure. Um, so yeah, but, things like that are cool. But the main ones, like the bigger ones, um, and I would, sp- especially so far, uh, highlight Sebastian's storyline. Yeah, that's is, a good one. Yeah, that one is... You know, it feels in line with Slytherin and the consistent narrative of like, you know, not everyone who's in Slytherin is inherently just attracted to dark arts and not everyone who ends up kind of maybe leaning into the dark arts inherently starts with that progress in mind. Like, like, you know, I'm going to go out there and that's what I'm going to do. It's all not Malfoy's from the jump. Yeah, they're they're very much they're, he's very much a Slytherin character where he believes you shouldn't just ignore a possibility, right? If it solves the 
the dilemma you have. That's his attitude. Yeah. I was like, it feels right. And it puts it on you to decide what well, you're going to do. It, it does really good. I, and I don't, mm. this is going to maybe sound random if you've never played World of Warcraft, but on one of the expansions, you got to be pandas, right? You started off in the panda world. Panda. And the way that they they presented these these real world problems to you, they gave you different perspectives. And eventually you you would note, you know, in World of Warcraft, you either are the Alliance or the Horde. And it really opens your eyes to, well, what if that perspective is different than mine, but it also gets it done? So I'll come back to Hogwarts, and that's kind of the same thing. There was one mission uh, where I was like, yeah, that that is kind of a bad spell, but I can see how it can be effective when I need it, and I kind of like using it. Um so yes, yeah. what it also did for me, Chris, is it let me know that more than likely there were Ravenclaws who hung out with Gryffindors or Hufflepuffs who hung out sure. with Slytherins and not everybody just inherently hated you. At least in this, again, this time frame is back in the 1800s and things were a little more, uh, you know, cool amongst the houses, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. About all that. I, I will say as far as the, the certain spells, which I mean, everyone knows that the, the, uh, what are they called, Sean? Um, uh, they're not unimaginable. Uh, it, what no. is the word for it? Hold, hold up. Let me unforgivable. Google, I, the unforgivable. Yeah, unforgivable. I was about to Google the name of the one yeah. I thought you were going to say, but you'd say, the un, right. yeah, you can if you want, and it is completely in to the option of you if you want to acquire them and use them but you can get all three unforgivable curses and i have to say it's probably of of all the things of immersion like even like forget like you know making your own character but just like the game itself it doesn't feel like it fits here to me like i get why it's in there it's in there because you're like it's a harry potter game people expect to have and a you know, a game based off of Harry Potter that these curses are there because they're three of the most well-known curses throughout the fandom, right? But it's really weird when Professor Fig, uh, who's kind of like your main teacher that you're working with throughout the game, is standing right next to me, you know, my my professor at Hogwarts, and I take out your my mentor wand. at Hogwarts. <laughs> yes. I take out my wand and I would go crucio on something. And, it, and about the most I get is like, I can't believe you did that. And <laughs> you're just like, yeah, that, is, that is very unimpactful. You're yeah. right. Cause there's really no, what do they call it? Like it, it is it consequences in other RPGs mm -hmm. where you can really, the, so like on purpose one time I, I went with a student and I did a thing. I shouldn't have done it, but all I got was, yeah, they took away house points, but then the teacher was like, but you look really good doing it. Yeah. And it was like, okay. Yeah. But I mean, in, in fairness, they kind of did that in the books too. Like if you knew McGonagall, uh, when Harry was first learning how to fly on a broom, she's the one that saw him and he thought he was in trouble and yeah, whatever. Like, I think we got our new seeker turned yeah, out to be the thing. So what I would say is like the people coming in, don't expect like anything kind of like mass effect or Knights of the old Republic where, you know, there's some sort of morality thing where if you start leaning into the dark arts or something that all of a sudden your character is going to get paler and you're going to get a certain kind of outcome to how the story shapes up. Right. It very much, it, 
again, there's the one storyline where it feels like how conversations go and that very feel much feels unique, but for the rest of the time, it, it doesn't necessarily, it, it's just a, it's a tool that you can decide to use or not. Right. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> Some of the stuff, you know, I'm sitting there as a fan, right? So I, I'm like, Oh, this is amazing. You know, sometimes I, I do feel like, man, that was, mm-hmm. that was kind of a letdown or I'll say, well, that's kind of hollow or, you know, I don't like that. And then, then I got to think, well, I'm going to talk about this on the show. Is it bad enough to where it's going to affect my overall, you know, score on it? Or is it something that's sure, you know, you know, necessarily just, I personally as a fan didn't like it or is it something that's going to hurt it? I don't know. But earlier I talked about the big, the big check marks that I needed to see how they did this. Um, and one of the ones I didn't even know that I wanted to see was how they kind of did the room of requirement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, it it kind of ended up being kind of cool how they did it. I don't know eventually what's going to happen in it, um, but I do know that I was able to kind of get my own. So like I'm able to put my own potions in there, my own my own plants, and I can grow things. And that's kind of cool to have my own hub to do that. It was a kind of a unique take on the room requirement. If you've ever, you know, we keep referring to reading the books or seeing the movies. You remember there was a particular thing Harry did for one. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. Uh, it's also kind of cool to see, you know, all the different magical beasts, uh, in the game and, and, and the, and the worlds come to life. Like Hogsmeade, Hogsmeade is just as charming as I hoped it would be. Uh, when I visited it at Universal Studios, it was, yeah, it, it's everywhere I see it. It's, it's great. And I don't want to go too, too much longer without mentioning how I, how amazing I think the musical selection is in this game. For sure. There are times when I'm in Hogwarts and I stop on the staircase and I just watch the instruments that are playing themselves. Uh, it's the, it's remarkable. The one part that's weird with the uh, because there's the one distinct place when you're going throughout Hogwarts, uh, Hogwarts, where it is a a you know violin, cello, and uh, yeah, like trio <laughs> and the way the setting is in that particular song, it always makes me feel like I'm watching Titanic. (laughs) I'm expecting it to start to sink down because of the, uh, the musical piece they're playing. That's Um, really funny. But yeah, I mean, the rumor requirement is interesting because that is probably the one place where you do at least get a little bit of the opportunity to put your own personality to it. Right. Like of how, you know, down to, what kind of lighting you want in there. Yeah, the ambiance in the room. Yeah. Yeah. The style of furniture and paintings and all that kind of stuff. Like over time, it starts out very simple, but they do like kind of most things in this game, they keep, you know, slowly introducing more concepts to it. And a lot, a good portion of it is actually just stuff with the room requirements. And it kind of also helps, I guess, if you invest in that, that's what's going to help you more so down the line maybe be a little bit more um experimental with certain tools you'll probably use in combat and all that because i think the first couple of hours you really don't use much more because you just you haven't resource gathered a lot and you can't you don't have the money to go out there and buy these potions right so until you get to the point where you can start to craft these things and build up a, a system. Yeah. Like a repertoire almost. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What, what we're talking about. So like you can brew your own healing potion, right? If you got your own pot, Correct. right. You can also grow mandrakes and then mm-hmm. use mandrakes as like a weapon. 
that's yeah. pretty that's pretty dope because normally you know you're taught oh. like you pull a mandrake out of the pot you better have some earmuffs on or you're passing out oh they're not uh, even so it's, man they're not even the most op thing in them oh uh, no there's not i don't want to spoil what that is but one of these things chris and mike told me about it yeah and so i've kind of had them equipped and it just annihilates people yeah especially <laughs> if you get the talents that like double how many come out you're like oh okay. yeah i do yes yeah. and that's another thing let's highlight that real quick there is a talent tree yeah uh that you you know earlier you mentioned that like everybody would almost be cookie cutter to a degree or like you you your Kratos was different than mine. And this is the, I think the point where you can kind of make it that depending on like go, the spells you end up putting on your hot bar. Right. And then the talents you end up choosing mm. that kind of salutes your game style, your gameplay, your style of play, yeah. whatever you want to call it. It's not like uh, the, it's not Assassin's Creed or even <laughs> horizon here recently, like where you have so many things going on that you can kind of pick, but there is, um, you know, they are nice little perks, especially like, for instance, I know with the dark arts stuff, like you can eventually start transforming things in the cursed. And then if like you're, if you're getting stuff that increases cursed damage, you know, it really makes it fast and effective to take out bigger enemies over time compared to early on in the game. Um, what was like I said, the one thing I will say also speaking of like, hoarding like getting your equipment and all that together um and other things the one thing i would really like to see like if i, I let's just go and be honest they're gonna do a sequel to this like this thing's been way too oh, yeah. successful i, I agree do the way one it's the, selling and also yeah one of the things i'd like to see them do for the next game to, to steal from another game i want them to take what horizon does right sean you know this you'll be out there in the world gathering things and you have a limit to what you can actually have on you, but then the rest of it just goes back to your stash. And eventually when you go, back, yeah. you go back to your stash, you just replenish. Like I'd like to see that for like the healing potions and the other things like that. Instead of like, things you gotta gather, yeah. instead of having to consistently brew things, it's just like, Hey, it's magic. Can we just, can we speed this or, up a little? Or you could just not get hit in combat, Chris, and not have to use healing potions. Well, I never do. Well, I mean, one of the problems, <laughs> though, is that is because, like, you get to a point, they let you carry around 25 healing potions. And early on in the game, it's it's hard, like, you know, because you you can't craft these things that easily, right? right. So unless you, right. unless you find them early on, it's normal to have it maybe most 10, I would say, as you're doing things. But when you get to 25... More times than not, I'm in a situation where I just can't pick up any if I find any because I'm already at max. And, you know, I've got so much resource back at the room of requirements that <laughs> I could be making more potions so that they replenish or whatever. But like it's I have so much on me and there's so much material for later. I'm never in a problem to have enough healing in my life in this game ever again. And, you know, it'd be, I think it would be better if it was more of like Horizon where it's like, hey, okay, you can carry 10 of these on you, but we'll replenish you whenever you need it. Right. Yeah, and if you're yeah. in the middle of a fight where you, yeah. Yeah. yeah I know like, what you mean. Yeah. I get it. And, and, you know, maybe that is something that they, they make a better quality of life for when this, the sequel comes out. Cause it's, it's going to come out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to highlight or, or are you ready to just kind of get into the Richards or what do you want to do? I'd say, well, I, 
Oh, or John, do you got anything too? Yes, yeah. good point. I, I just, if I mean, with with what little time we have left, um, I didn't. My perception of this game changed over time, and I don't know if it was because I they said it was one thing and it became something else. Like when I got this game, or when it became closer to launch, and I realized it was a single player game, it surprised me. Yeah. Because initially I was thinking in my head that there's going to be a lot of wizards running around Hogwarts. And I know there are, but you know, (laughs) and witches, but you know, you know, you, the three of us jumping into Hogwarts and going to our classes and, and cheating off each other. How you like the division? If we could hop in and go do a quest, like we used to do in the division or something, that'd be dope. I, I kind of thought initially that's kind of what they announced. I might be imagining that. But I just I, I'm just wondering y'all's take on that, and if you expected coming from the developer it came from. I mean, they've really never done a game of this scope. I mean, their last one sold well. It was Disney Infinity. It was exactly what Disney asked them to do, and and yeah, you know, it did. It was you know, me and Sean both loved that game. But did you expect a game like this could come out of a studio like that? Just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it. I think for me, the big thing I noticed is with it. I said this to Mike earlier today. It honestly, in some ways it feels like, and I don't mean this in like a terrible way, but I can tell it's like looking at the studio. The one thing that stands out is that this feels like baby's first open world game, like where, you know, the studio itself, you could tell they had to learn a lot of things. Right. And obviously the most, the the easiest thing you can do is look at other things people have done right and kind of pull in stuff and that's that's what it feels a lot of like it feels a lot of like early assassin's creed uh ubisoft to me and now i'm kind of looking at and going like man that's a good system let's take this and then next time when we come back let's add this this and this to it and then well, you Chris, have something that's potentially going to be really great. You know, let me push, let me push back on that just from a devil's advocate perspective. Mm-hmm. If you if you look at the, the the general public and their fascination and love of the Harry Potter world, do you think WB and Avalanche made a conscious decision to make this game as as as, as approachable to as many people of all ages? Sure, as sure. they possibly could. Sure. And it wasn't. It's not that. It's not that they said we're we're learning how to make a game like this, mm-hmm. but we need to keep in mind that everybody in the world's going to, I mean, I think they literally thought everybody in the world's going to want to play this game, whether they've played fallout or Witcher three or, uh, I'm not even going to that level. DC, I mean, or DC superhero girls. It I'm talking matter. like, I'm I mean, talking Spider-Man or, you know, all those kinds of games too. I think like to your point, there are actually some challenges in this and, you know, I listen, Mike dive quite a few times on them. They are challenging. Like you will have to go in there and learn your mechanics and be sound at what you're doing and think about what you're doing. And I'm, I'm not like saying like everything in this is simple. It's not that it's, uh, it's just more. So I look at it and I go, okay, this system is here and it's there. It's an activity to do. It doesn't really tie to anything. It's just a thing. And I kind of get my my guess is to what you were saying uh, before, like with this, I'm sure when WB bought the studio and put them on this project, the number one thing as a 
goal for them was given was exactly what Sean has said he's loved, which was make this place feel like Hogwarts. That was the number one goal of this game. They did that. There's no question. Just like with Assassin's Creed back in the day, the number one goal in that first game is feel like an assassin and make it cool when you jump off a high building into a bale of hay, right? Like there, everything in the first Assassin's Creed game is not perfect. And it's because it's Ubisoft learning how to make that open world and how to make it work. It's coming back to it and taking what was there and building up on it. That's where they got masterful. And I, I mean, like I've seen that with a bunch of them, like Insomniac, I feel like when they did Sunset Overdrive, that's what that game was. It was learning how to make an open world game, so to speak, so that when they came back and did Spider-Man, they kind of had it perfected. And I think that could easily happen here too. Like there's a lot of stuff that I'm like, yeah, it's not great yet in my opinion, but it's a good place to start from. You just have to like figure out how to go and it's, take it to the next level. In my opinion, it's, inter- it's interesting for me because when they, have, when they first announced Hogwarts legacy and gave like a logo marquee, I was like, Oh, okay, cool. They're going to do doing a Harry Potter game. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But when they showed it, when they revealed it, via state of play or whatever it is they did and 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 your avatar whatever it was walked into hogwarts i went holy crap they actually did it i mean and that was a year ago yeah i i had i mean i've been i've been we've known about this game for a few years but it wasn't a year ago when until a year ago where i they showed us what the world was that they created i was like okay yeah Avalanche, I mean, uh, avalanche, avalanche. What was? I, I'm, the, this is going to sound other, like I'm being not, a not the other avalanche, but this avalanche. Avalanche just actually did something. Mm-hmm. It's going to sound like I'm, I'm being a jerk, it. and I'm yeah. not. What was your question? Because y'all just talked so much. Yeah, yeah, and yeah I got sure. totally confused. Um, I mean, are you are you surprised at how good? No. May, maybe maybe from an audience perspective, maybe because of everything we've talked about, the bar was low and maybe we were, we are reacting to what we figured at first was a low bar, but I'm completely blown away. I'm not, I'm sure I'm, I won't think this game is perfect when I, when I finally, doesn't matter. You can still give it a 10 just blown away by what avalanche actually accomplished. Yes, for sure. For WB games. I mean, this, this is probably going to do more for WB games than any Arkham game that anybody could have ever conceived. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just am so impressed with how well this turned out. And if I said something like this is the best Warner brothers related game ever, uh, mortal Kombat people would come at me. Uh, Lego people would come at me. Middle Earth people Batman, would come at you. Yeah, they'd all be like, "Bruh!" But I, I, I almost feel like I could say that for me. Mm-hmm. Now, understand, I'm me, and I have my own thought when it comes to that. But the biggest I've mentioned checkboxes. The biggest checkbox was exactly what John said. It was, "Do I truly feel like I am a student at Hogwarts on an epic adventure?" Mm-hmm. And to yeah, me, that's, it, that was going to be the mark that I needed to hit. I thought it was going to be a multiplayer game, and it didn't. It, so why didn't you think that? That's, that's so weird to me. I don't know. I, I remember a long time ago when we first heard about this Harry Potter game, I think they did say it was going to potentially be an MMO, 
maybe. Because I remember thinking, or I even have said out loud, if that ever happened, that's the only game I'm ever going to play. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I think maybe we did learn that eventually it was going to only be a solo game, solo player game. Uh, I don't know. I the one the one big thing I'll give credit to WB on this is, you know, like we talk about like we've been John. No, you've griped on Hellblades turnaround. I think we've all griped on how long it's been now for Metroid uh, Prime Four and and all that kind of stuff. I I would give credit to WB for understanding like buying a studio like Avalanche and going they've never done a game like this. You know, they gave them seven years to figure this out seven years and making sure and i think you know the honestly the best thing i think they could do is just say by the way um hate to tell you this but those versions for last gen consoles don't exist because i think my one fear for them is that you're going to come and get the reality check when those versions come out and probably the switch version too unless it's cloud-based or whatever right but like for what they did here it's like they gave them seven years to go in there and build a team that could get to the size where they could put all the assets in, look at the, you know, the source material and figure out how to make everything work. Whether it is like, you know, sure. Sometimes there's a little stutter on the door when it's opening. I understand why it's doing that, you know? So it's not perfect all the time, but it's like, it's good game design on their part. It's, it's the way you're supposed to make this work so that people can feel like they're in a continuous environment. Right. Um, Things like that. You know, so I think that's like the strong achievement here. And, and, you know, to their credit, they've done that, obviously, like with things like Suicide Squad. We'll see how that turns out. They gave those guys a huge long leash. And I think they did it also with the Middle Earth guys way back. Um, I just I think so. they're saying Suicide Squad doesn't have to sell well at this point. We're yeah, good. no, they've, they've made their money for the area. You're right. <laughs> I mean, I knew it would do well ish. Well, actually, I can't say I knew it would do well. I'm completely blown away with how much money this thing is going to continue to make. I mean, this is going to end up selling 30 million units when it's all over. I think. Could be. Maybe yeah. more. Maybe more. We shall see. Yeah. But you you guys want to like dump your Richard out on the table so I can touch him? Yeah. Chris's Richard's going to look like he's been in a swimming pool and mine's going to look like <laughs> out of fluffer. So. A what? <laughs> uh can i say that word did you say fluffer i did say that yeah mike oh, mike says he's giving an 8.5 i guess no i think that's what he thinks you're gonna give it oh no he's gonna give seven, okay, seven, but while seven, we're talking seven, about that mike can you clarify for chris seven point seven i think chris is gonna give it like a 6.75 no, <laughs> no I, I would um john's pretty close now i'm 7.5 i think this is a good game i think it has potential to go places i just you know there are some parts where i just have issues like and it's one of those things i always say this about open world games you can't i don't judge an open world game based off the first 10 hours because the first 10 hours is always exciting because there's new things right and you're being introduced to to new stuff it's what you're doing like saying this is my open world go explore it right what makes breath of the wild one of the best games out there is because you continually find yourself for 50 hours going to every one of those little temples and trying to do every little thing in that game. Right. For me, Uh, as I got further along in this game, I really started to feel the wear where I was just, I was like, okay, I don't want to do this again. Um, And 
that's fine. Like I said, it's their first attempt. I'm not going to be overcritical on them, but I think there's a lot of good promise of where they could take the series. So I'm just going to start some shiz here. I mean mm-hmm. it in a sweet nature. I'm just kidding. But Sean, I'd like to point out that Chris just completely undercut your score because you've only played 10 hours and he just said, you no, give it I, I even if that's, I think I've played more than 10 hours. <laughs> yeah. Get, you said that it truly doesn't. This, when we give our <laughs> right, if I could give it a 12, I would, but like it, it needs to be understood that if you are a fan of the series and you try to, and you try to say, man, I don't want to just, just like it because I'm a fan. They, they didn't. They did not cuss word this up. Yeah, right? yeah. This sure. game is. I agree. Is really, really, really good. And when when someone like a a hardcore fan like myself plays it and they don't cuss word it up, uh, <laughs> that counts for something. So yeah, there are going to be some things that aren't perfect. Uh, and and you kind of heard some of those today. But even while some of those things aren't perfect, I am completely in awe, in awe, and having the time of my personal life playing this game because the last time I got to play a Harry Potter game, it was Lego Harry Potter. You understand? Yeah. Uh, yes, there during the height of everything, there were other Harry Potter games, but there was nothing like this. This is not a Harry Potter game. This is a Hogwarts game in which you are your own fifth-year student. And, uh, I mean, I think I'd be a a... a I wouldn't be true to myself if I didn't think this was a 10. I think this is a 10, uh, but I can under I can understand mm. uh, people that have shortcomings on certain things or think weigh things differently. And I, I know that the average meta score is probably in the mid 80s. Mm. Uh, the last time I looked, that's fair. Uh, but for me, sure. I have to be able to pump some of my fandom into this. <laughs> and it's a 10. It's, well, I I reviewed God of War earlier this year. That's a different type of ten. Okay, yeah. this is a I, ten for. Do you understand what I'm saying? One of my favorite video game commentators, and you guys might know who it is. Uh, he made a he made a comment. He said, "If you're not a Harry Potter fan, there's no reason you're not going to think this game is fine, good, even great." If you are a Harry Potter fan, you're going to think this game is a masterpiece. But he said that mm-hmm. giving full and complete validation to that position. He didn't undermine that position. Right, he gave yeah. it he gave it its fair due. He acknowledged it in a complimentary way. And coming from someone who's seen the movies, who's read the books a couple of times, um anybody who loves Harry Potter, do yourself a favor, listen to the audiobooks by Jim Dale. For sure. Uh, Great. They are incredible. Yeah. Um, I think he won multiple Grammys for that. Amazon, tighten us up with that Audible discount code so we can promote that. He got Rage. a uh, what was it? A um, Guinness Book of World Records for the fifth book, didn't he? For all the voices he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. he did. But but for me personally, having put only a couple of hours into this, um, you know, picking it up from the store, rush of excitement. Um, that matters. Getting, getting my getting sorted, rush of excitement getting my Patronus and knowing what my wand was going to be just pure joy from from all of that. And just being introduced to this world. It's it's, it it reminds me of the time where, you know, me and Clarissa went to, went to um, Harry Potter world and she tried butterbeer for the first time and he, and she got emotional from it. 
She's like, I knew I would like butter beer. I exactly. just knew it. And it's it's and it's it's that kind of thing. And I'm just so I'm just so glad this thing is 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 doing what it's doing. And I I gotta you gotta tip your hat regardless of whether you think it's a seven or a ten. You gotta tip your hat to Avalanche. They they focused on what mattered and gave everybody a good to a masterpiece of an experience. Except for Wired Magazine, they gave it a one. <laughs> they don't count. <laughs> yeah, um, this was fun. This was, uh, just to kind of leave you, uh, this was fun to to know that I had two friends uh, that were really hardcore into it. And then I was kind of somewhere... I was hardcore, but I just don't, I didn't have a lot of time. I've been, I've been a busy chap, but yeah. I did take my PlayStation uh, to Atlanta recently. Um, and I had to put it in a miniature, like one of the smaller suitcases just to be able to take it. <laughs> it's ridiculous how big that thing is. <laughs> um, that, that I want you to, I want to tell you that cause that speaks volumes. I don't do that for every game. Mm-hmm. I'm very content to take my switch usually and play old games like just throw on Zelda or Mario Kart while I'm chilling. No, this the play, PS5 had to go, and I wanted to play this game. So, uh, yeah, John, we can't. I don't know, Chris. Do you? I kind of can't wait to see what John ends up saying about this mm-hmm. uh, game when Which, it's all said and done. I, I, I will say something interesting, and I'll shut up. I was telling, I was, I was telling my mother while I was at their house because we, because they, we were watching a Harry Potter marathon. I think we watched Goblet of Fire or something. And I said, do you know, I, they actually came out with uh, a new game. And she went, Hogwarts Legacy? That woman's 66 years old. Yeah, it's marketed everywhere. She's never played a video game in her life, but she knew about this game. And she said, can I play it? I went, I don't know if you can. I mean, I, I, I'm happy to let you give it a try, but I think it would, you know, I think it would be tough for you to, to get Mom? into. Mom? You could put it on story <laughs> difficulty for her, John. But just that's yeah. the cultural impact this title is having on people. I mean, these people, someone who never plays, hasn't never played a video game, says, yeah. I want to play it. It's just crazy to me. This is true. This is true. Hey, Chris, I enjoyed doing this uh, this review with you. And uh, yeah, it's kind of like when John got to review a Metroid. I got to review a Harry Potter or a Hogwarts. Yeah. I got to fix I mean, myself. But yeah, it is like weird to think like this is probably I know we've had the Fantastic Beast movies, right? This probably is the biggest thing that that franchise has had to bank on in a long time right since the because yeah. like you know, it feels like fantastic beast that's failed right like that doesn't seem like we're going forward anywhere with that but this maybe this is the way forward for for this universe to have an outlet right because this is the way yeah yeah which would be very <laughs> cool Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. News! He had to sneezy. Holy crap, that's hard to do right before you got to say news. <laughs> All right, let's go. We're in the news section now, peeps. This is fun. This is It's news. happening. It's happening. If it happens, the will you be is- there? I'll be there. there. I think we should. Well, if it happens, we previously reported that Sony, Xbox, and Nintendo 
We're planning to not to make an appearance at E3 this year. However, another big player in this space has confirmed that they will be at E3 if E3 happens. According to Yves Guillemot, <laughs> quote, if E3 happens, we will be there and we will have a lot of things to show. There has been eyebrows raised to this statement, but they responded saying, quote, if E3 happens, sorry, let me start that over. Apologies. I shouldn't have come today. There has been eyebrows raised to the statement, quote, if E3 happens, leading many to speculate on the show's future. Future. For 2023. However, according to an E3 spokesman, quote, E3 is full speed ahead, and we are pleased with the progress and engagement from the community. End quote. So one could chalk this up possibly to a CEO saying things. That CEOs mm -hmm. would say. Without being completely up to speed on the uh, comings and goings right. of right. what E3 is doing. Meanwhile, he's got a team at that company that's like, sir, we already have tickets. We're going because it's well, happening. Look, he probably said to his team, if you're going to E3, the ball's in your court. Oh, I see what you did there. Hashtag callback. <laughs> I really think we could get uh, some sort of credentials because we're like journalists or something. Journalists? So, I mean, we, we fall into some umbrella. We can get us a lanyard and well, be able to go to E3, boys. If we, if we get, if, if we want to try that, you guys should probably let me do the talking. Yes. Chris probably won't get on a plane and go to E3. I totally will. You know, hashtag for the show. <laughs> if they do do it, though, they would easily be the biggest player there. So, right. I mean, possibly. Yeah, we don't know it. everything yet, Chris. Well, big act three like you know there. everything. Act like you know everything. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> big three won't be there. EA won't be there. Who's bigger after that than Ubisoft? Embracer Group? <laughs> Does I, I that count? No. <laughs> I just don't know because I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, we are talking about Ubisoft, so. And speaking of them. True. It's you. I had something. I know I had something in my eye. And I apparently <laughs> can't talk when something's in my eye. My bad. Uh, I've had to sneeze and something in my eye. What's going on? Uh -oh. Ubisoft has been going through some things, kind of like Sean, uh, of late that we've discussed at length on this very show. However, during the recent quarterly earnings call, once again, CEO Yves Guillemot, reassured investors that all the cancellations were necessary to make room for the games that remained. Here's the quote. We canceled a few games because we needed to make space for other games that are in development in the company. And that's really helping all the other games that are progressing, uh, progressing well. Now we feel we have the right number of games knowing that we will launch a lot of games in financial year 24 that will also give space for the other games that are on the way in the company. And that's the end of that quote. I can't I mean, wait for Skull and Bones to just blow everybody away. I think Mirage is going to be amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I, I Maybe, but I don't understand I why they haven't, they haven't given an, an, a, a release date for that. I don't get it. Uh, my PS5 says I can pre-order it. They don't know the yeah. date, but I can give them my money. <laughs> you don't know when, but we'll take your money. I'll take your money. 
They sh- and they sure will. Six hundred forty-seven dollars later, PSVR two hashtag. What's up? <laughs> uh, if you want one, thoughts and prayers on on Ubisoft. Other than they're going to be the biggest player at E three, and that they canceled some games. I don't uh, really. I will say I'm no longer nervous about Ubisoft's future. I think they're going to ride this out. I think they're. Sure. I think they're going to be fine. I think uh, uh, Skull and Bones is my game of the year whenever it comes out. <laughs> I hope it end up ends up working out that way, right? Like that. Hey, sure, some things had to die that maybe especially weren't far in development. But if it means that you're able to get your resources properly aligned so that everything can run effectively, which is obviously not been the case the last couple of years at Ubisoft, um, then you know this is the right call. Here's You're here. not wrong. <laughs> I totally was. Oh my, what is what is like literally happening right now? I don't know. Uh, it's like if I needed to see a PlayStation in the wild, I wouldn't be able to right now because my eye is broken. Well, that's too bad because you know what, Sean? If you want one, you can get one. The PS5 has been almost impossible to get for the last two years. Now you can go on Amazon and buy one with no request invitation button. No more third-party inflation pricing. It seems now that you can simply just purchase one. This is a momentous occasion as consumers have been suffering the cost of inflation as well as shortages of components. So now if you want one, go get one. (laughs) I also wanted to add the other day, just for S&Gs, I went to GameStop and they do have, uh, I think it's the God of War bundle uh with the hard drive you can buy it that's it there's no like other thing going on that's an official sony bundle and i want to say they also had the the digital version that you could buy and pick up in the store so it's cool i actually saw a i I don't know if i told you guys this at my local either walmart or target i saw a ps5 box first time ever in a case that's amazing Last time I was at Best Buy, I was shocked. Like there were just five sitting. There was like a wall of like four or five of them, four or five Xbox Series Xs, and then probably about twenty <laughs> Series Switches. S's. And oh, yeah, series and, S's, yeah, yeah. But hey, good for them. I'm happy. Yeah, man. Well, John, you say that your game of the year is going to be Skull and Bones, but there was another. You know, everyone's game of the year that's making some news this week, huh? And ladies and gentlemen, that was Horizon Forbidden West. If this wasn't your game of the year last year, it's because you don't know what the heck you're talking about. <laughs> Horizon, Forbid- Horizon Forbidden West, everyone's game of the year, everyone's goatee. What's What you got? Everyone. I was saying I, it, it wasn't mine. It's yeah, coming it wasn't to mine the, either. It's, it's coming <laughs> to the PlayStation Plus games catalog this month, and I think that happens today. I could be wrong. Uh, and will be available at no extra cost to those with an extra or premium membership. Uh, this announcement came via the PlayStation blog and has arrived today, almost one year after the release date. Uh, game of the year, guys. It's God of, awesome. God of, God of who? God of who? I don't know. God, God, of, of, what? War was a, I, God of War was so impactful to me. I really do want to probably play Forbidden West again because it... It really finished that story, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and uh, Aloy is so awesome. I'm excited to see her in VR because apparently she's really short compared to me in VR. That's what I, I hear. 
do you play as her in VR? She's no, in, she's in the you're game. You're in it though. You get to see her in VR. Okay. Yeah. Um maybe this I hope this is a a trend of things to come because that was kind of the one thing we didn't know, right? Was right. with their exclusives, how soon would they come to uh their more premium services? And maybe that's what it means, right? Like so Spider-Man comes out this fall, then we should expect fall of next year. We'll have uh we'll have that game on there versus uh you know, God of War this past fall, right? So maybe this fall we'll get God of War Ragnarok on the service. That'd those, be cool. You know, haven't checked it out yet. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, and if that kept on, it'd be like a 10-year deal. No, Sean, you just wanted to segue into this next thing. And it was poor. It was poorly done. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna highlight a 10-year deal that's making all the waves, ladies and gentlemen. Uh Microsoft got your attention. President Brad Smith has confirmed that the company has locked in a 10-year agreement with Nintendo to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo. In addition, this will come the same day as Xbox with full feature and content parity. Smith further reveals that this new agreement is, quote, just part of Microsoft's commitment to bring Xbox games and Activision titles like Call of Duty to more players on more platforms. That's the end of the quote. Call of Duty, fun fact alert, has not been available on a Nintendo since 2013's banger Call of Duty Ghosts for the Wii U. I did not like that one. <laughs> that one sucked. <laughs> I don't care where you played it. Yeah, that one was just so hard and yeah. different. Won't be one, um, bro. That's what she's in. Hard and what? different. Hard and different? Won't be one, bro. Hard and different. What? Should I go ahead and read the next one? Since these yes, two that's why it's there. there. It's yeah. in order to read it next. Yeah. Uh, speaking of 10-year agreements, guys, Microsoft and NVIDIA have signed a deal to bring Xbox's PC games to NVIDIA's GeForce Now, the company's cloud-based streaming service, and will also bring Activision Blizzard games, including Call of Duty, should Microsoft's ac- acquisition go through. Microsoft and NVIDIA said their agreement will let players, quote, stream Xbox PC titles from GeForce Now to PCs, Mac OS, Chromebooks, smartphones, and other devices. According to NVIDIA, GeForce Now has more than 25 million members in over 100 countries. That's probably including free subscribers, too. Um, I Potentially. Do. Yeah. It just, oh, I would, you know, like when I go out of town, selfishly i wish that uh blizzard would let uh geforce now stream their games well john potentially right this could, could happen. happen and i could play wow on like my macbook yeah with perfect quality and stuff that would be great <laughs> yeah I feel great. My, exactly i wouldn't have to take my giant playstation anywhere it, i mean i think it's obvious with both of these especially from the news uh, and also what uk put out in their report what about a week or so ago right yeah this feels like microsoft going fine these are your complaints we're going to resolve as many of them as we can uh we're you know which can then say we are acting in good faith we're signing binding agreements we're not just making a promise um you know and it's trying to put that pressure back on the regular regulators and also sony to say 
you know, now I'm sure NVIDIA has got no problem with this deal going through, right? <laughs> well, I, I brought this up and we're clearly not having Sony signing any deals with Microsoft. So to John's point later, John, John will probably highlight this. They don't, they don't want, they don't want to do anything while they're kind of combating what's going on with the deal. But also I, I just kind of feel like if they really are going to, if, if Xbox is really going to use Microsoft is going to use it. We, Hey, we're playing fair with everybody argument. They didn't include Sony. It's just kind of weird to me. And I know that's all part of this, this game. Yeah. Ha, no pun intended. So they <laughs> they did include they did send a ten year offer to them, apparently. But they just yeah that's some new, that's some news you told me that I wasn't aware of. Yeah, so it was out there. They're just you know they're being of course they're not going to sign Coy. it. Yeah, they don't want to sign it because if they sign it, then they're basically saying we're okay with this. <laughs> and they're not going to yeah, do that. There's probably some lawyers going. That's a great deal. We can <laughs> sign it. They shouldn't mm-hmm. sign it. They shouldn't. You know, wait till wait till the deal's done or not done before they make a move. Completely legitimate on their part. Yeah. And besides, it's not. You know, it. I think Microsoft, in in fairness to Sony, Microsoft has created the, you know, the monster of Sony more than Sony ever did. Microsoft has created the adversary that is Sony more than Sony has done that for themselves. And they've pivoted from a PR perspective, made the case that it's Sony that is against this for A, B, and C in order to sort of protect the legitimacy of how they see themselves pursuing this going forward. That's just, you know, so, I mean, Sony, I mean, it's completely understandable. There's no reason for Sony to make any type of move. So, speaking of Sony. Would it be funny if after all this then on a state of play <laughs> uh, if if microsoft at the end of this had agreements with say steam nintendo nvidia heck maybe amazon zuma service too at some point and because sony doesn't sign they get the deal in place and they just say well we don't have to do that agreement now or if you want that agreement the terms have changed as far as what it, we're willing a, to give you, it's a gamble. Yeah, it's a gamble. So you, your Sony side feels like this is the gamble. This is how we got to roll our dice. And yeah, meanwhile, Microsoft. I'm sure if you thought it, trust me, there's a lawyer at Microsoft who's already thought all that too. So yeah, but um, I, I just when it shakes out, I hope, I hope the winner in all of this is the is the gamer. You know, the player for sure. You know, people are going to make their money, but just make us good games and let us be able to play those games when and how we want to. You know what I'm saying? John, you had mentioned something about a state of play. Well, I mean, it's, the state of play these days is really crazy. It is up in the air, isn't it? Uh, but there's an event coming, guys, and that is another state of play. Sony has announced that a PlayStation state of play will premiere on February 23rd. Ooh, that is a Thursday. Tomorrow. No. Well, yeah. If you're the podcast listener, tomorrow. Yell at me again. Sorry. And uh, it will share new details on Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, and more. The event will take place at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. No specific details were given, but it is possible we will get information on anticipated VR and indie titles. And we do love our VR title and indie title updates. Sean yes, does love his VR titles. I did think of you, Sean, because I said five 
VR titles they are playing to talk about from yes. third party partners. I was like, yes. ooh, hello. That makes it, me happy. Um, I, no like I said, I, we'll have to just see. We'll have to just see what happens. There are some free updates that are happening. There's stuff in the works. We'll see. It doesn't matter because tomorrow, the day before the state of play, hopefully I get my box that has my unit in it. You know what I'm saying? Love a True. good box with a good unit. I do love a box with a unit in it. What? I'm wondering <laughs> what they're going to show for Suicide Squad. Like, is that when they finally go... Here's what is the, this game? Yeah, like, is what that is when that? they finally confirm, like, yes, this is a game to surface. Here it is. Here's what you're going to be doing. Here's all of our roadmap for the first year of what's coming. Love um, a good we'll roadmap. I, I do love a good road. What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, we're good. We're good. Are you? <laughs> I don't know if I'm good. Uh, Something in my house is, like, on fire. Is it? You seem calm. It's potentially dinner. I don't know. Um, wouldn't that be crazy? We'd make history if I sat here while my house burned down. Um, yeah. But if you want to help make history, no, this is not the right. Let's just call it help make history, John. Let's tighten that up, okay? The president of the Communications Workers of America, better known as CWA, Labor Union, has asked the European Commission to, quote, help make history. The European Commission has an opportunity in this case to take seriously the impact of a major transaction on the video game labor market. Given the clear pathway to enforceable behavioral remedies for potential consumer harms articulated by the European Commission and other regulators, we hope you will approve this merger and help make history in rebalancing power in labor markets. Yay, unions. Unions! <laughs> John, what does this mean? It means that uh, Microsoft has demonstrated its willingness to work with unions after, the, after this merger. Therefore, mm-hmm. this organization is urging all those parties involved to have a stake in this, to please allow, just, allow this to move Make forward. History. From the perspective of this merger is good for us and our interests because we will have, we will be able to form what is otherwise known as a collective bargaining organization. Yeah. And it's, if you think about the story, the narrative that Microsoft, Microsoft has presented to us to present to you, the listener, they're doing everything. And like Chris said, they're trying to make it look like we're the good guy here. And that is brilliant. That's Mm -hmm. absolutely brilliant. So, I mean, they, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, when, when, but it's, uh, also, it's also what, uh, our friend acid might call crony capitalism. It, it, <laughs> it's not far off. Is it? We shall see. We shall see. Crony. The word crony, right? Love that word. Crony time. Time, time, time. <laughs> uh, before I read this, I have to do something. As of February 2023, Red Dead Redemption franchise has now topped 74 million units worldwide shipped, with Red Dead 2 now hitting 50 million units units 
Yippee Kaye. <laughs> this is an impressive feat, gentlemen, as the game has been out for four years. According to Take Two Interactive, the sales spike can be attributed to the result of a successful promotions uh, during the holidays. Quote, we were pleased with the performance of Red Dead Redemption 2, which outpaced our expectations, driven by a successful holiday promotion uh, in event. So if you think if you think that's high, just think what that what that Call of Duty game that came out that year has sold at this point. It's probably thirty million. Or like Grand million. Theft Auto Five. Yeah, yeah it's like four hundred something. Yeah, it, it maybe it brought me so much joy today. So I, I do have a new job in my real world. I have mm. a new coworker that I work with, and that coworker asked me specifically, "Hey, man." Did you ever get into the RD2, uh, RDR2 or RDR games? I knew what he meant. And mm-hmm. it brought me joy to say, no, F those games. <laughs> but I did think of Chris when I said that because he loves this game and he's very happy about this news. I'll always remember when that game came out, the South Park episode that came out a couple of weeks later where the cop just wants to go home and work on his character in Red Dead Redemption 2. And then is dismayed when he finds out his wife has been playing his character (laughs) and progressing the story. But yes, that is very, very impressive. Um, Obviously, this means Grand Theft Auto 6 is going to sell, what, 350 million units? It's going to sell like hotcakes, dude. Red Dead Redemption 3, 100 million units. But if it just wasn't so, you know, like westerny, what? I don't, I don't know why they haven't done a remaster. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, you're fine. Of um, of the original Red Dead. There oh, are oh. there are rumors oh. that that is in the work. All so, right. Yeah. But John, you could thing. all, you don't need a remaster using Xbox's <laughs> HDR remapping technology. You could play a higher res version. Mods, mods, ban me. <laughs> mods please ban me <laughs> just take in me fact it has resolutions up to 4k in 60 frames per second by the way do you want me to keep talking facts about this version of the game or would you think we should maybe i don't know wrap this up okay never <laughs> Electronic mail from the future. All the way. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I was like, I was t- delayed. I was delayed <laughs> again. But if you want to be cool, uh, and thank God for emails that came. All right, so. Locally right now, it's 8.02 p.m. We got emails at 7.32 and 7.44. Without those, we may have only had Uno, a.k.a. one email. You guys do not want to get Thanos. 
I'm just saying. But if you want to be cool like those emails we are about to read, you can do so. Weeklygameschat at gmail.com. Just like Alejandro, who writes in and says, Gentlemen, I was caught by surprise when you dodge rolled the WGC episode one day into the future. Just so you know, I'm not on Twitter, Discord, Instagram, Facebook, Telegraph, Mastodon, Tinder, Grinder, <laughs> Applebee's, Popeyes, Turdbird, Limpchimp, or Mindspace. If there's a schedule change, please contact me on my pager number. Anywho, <laughs> it was good to have John back and hear his blue balls got some relief with the remaster of Metroid Prime. Remastering games seems to be a recent fad, and I'm wondering why. It's not just nostalgia mining since these are not new games for established IPs, but rather retreads of games many of us have already played. Why do you think we're seeing so much recycling lately? Follow-up question. What's the correct price point for a remastered? Metroid Prime has a reduced price, but Dead Space released at full price. Love to hear your thoughts. Originally yours. Alejandro, this was sent from a Motorola beeper clip to my belt. Those were the days, huh? Right. Those were the days. I, what do you guys think the trend is? Why Why is it like a remaster in a, like landscape out there? It's hard to it's hard to tell if it is any different than previous. I mean, you could say that there's like high profile Resident Evil games coming out that are remakes, I guess, but. I don't know that I feel like it's any different than it's been over the past. Pukey dog. They are definitely was, years. That's what he was going to say. Yeah. I, and I, I can't, you know what? I don't, I don't think I can just dismiss that. They aren't trying to have some sort of nostalgia mining. Sure. I, I think they, they have that in mind when they choose to do a remaster. And I think they want to get it in the hands of, of people who also never got to play it. Obviously, uh, and I wonder if we we had some data, if we could see that it, there's like these, a chart that shows the average age of player who plays this game. And then when the next cycle of the next average age, they kind of throw it up. Hey, should we remaster it again? See if we can get some more likes or whatever. I yeah. don't know how that works. I think like the only ones that seem to really have made it a business are Capcom, right? Like Capcom's business model for the last, what, five, six years has been remaster one year new resident evil the next year right um at least that's what it seems like they're doing and that's fine uh because you know they're actually doing they're not doing remasters they're doing full remakes um and uh, for a lot of the others i think it's twofold one especially if it's a remake it it's going to be something that's not nearly as expensive as developing a new game Right. It, that's just a fact. It's always cheaper when you have assets in place and you can build off of those assets. But at the same time, I think it's a good tool to take younger developers who weren't around when these games were made and teach them how you make these games work. Right. Like where they can actually go back and look and say, how did we do this and how do we make that work on a new system? Um, so, you know, it gets them all to a place where then if all of a sudden you say, we do want to make a new one, this series, now you have a team that has some experience with the tools and they can get around to it. Um, the other side of it though, is just honestly, it is money, you know, especially like when we saw that wave yeah. of remasters, when it wasn't remakes and it was just like 
slightly better HD textures, um, you know, that were obviously did not take, but maybe a year or at most two to develop and you come back and you sell them. And it's like, yeah, if they sell 5 million units, that's probably a huge success for that. Um, and then you have what I would call the true important ones where like, for instance, I know we're about to finally have that system shock um, remake come out here at some point this year. And that's a game that probably 98% of people have never played, but is also from a his, a history standpoint, one of the most important games ever made because it's the first of that kind of game, right? Like if someone went back and remade doom today, the original doom and made it look and operate like doom, that would be important because, you know, that's the first of that kind of game. So, you know, there, there's a bunch of different reasons why you do it. And I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I am excited to try that system shock one. So we'll see. Uh, the second part of that question mm-hmm. was, what do you guys think the correct price is? I, and that's kind of hard for me too. Yeah. If it's, uh, a- I went and looked real quick. Cause my example, you brought up dead space was released mm-hmm. at full price. Right. So I went and looked at like the last of us remaster, right. That they did versus what they did for the last of us part one for PS five. And, and while the first remaster was like really just making the assets look better and run better. Yeah. The part one PS five game is like a legit rebuild from the ground up like Correct. with new character models kind of and everything. So I, in one hand, I could see that that, for example, maybe it deserves the full price button, but also at the same time as a consumer, like bro, make, if we've already seen these games, heck yeah, make them 39 99. I'm down. Right. Um, I don't know. That's a tough question, but I always think we should as consumers be ready to pay more for a game. We've already played that they quote remastered than we paid for it the first time. And what Metroid Prime is unique, right, for Nintendo, because a lot of times they do charge full price when they remake these things. Like when Waker HD, that was full price. Yeah, it was one, or at least it was like 50 bucks when it came out here on Switch. Um, You know, when they went and brought forward uh, the uh, Bowser one, that was 60 bucks. Um, You know, so a lot of times you see that. I don't know. I mean, I think they're going to do what they can. They feel like they can get away with no matter who it is. It just depends on how you package it. If they, their goal is always going to be to get the highest price, no matter what company it is, but that's cool. They did it for uh, Metroid prime. Hmm? The, uh, for whatever reason, I just looked up the HD remake of wind waker for the Wii U. Mm-hmm. That thing's like $150. <laughs> yeah. You can't find on it or whatever, but like, mm-hmm. yo, that's money what's up uh john there's two more uh i'm gonna go ahead and spoilers there's not much i'm gonna bring up in twitter so i would like to read one of these if possible of course um and you can pick the one you want first (laughs) don't read the titles don't read ahead just pick one john i'm not all right this is from uh this is from tuckerman into the truck chuck uh tuckerverse i don't know what's gonna happen here all right. So, dear WGC crew, how are you? Good. What up? Happy about the no PTO this week. You see, John, PTO is 
How was family day? Did you know that tomorrow on recording day or today, if you are listening to the podcast, is pink shirt day? Is it really? Hmm. Do I have a pink shirt? I don't think I do. The Tucker situation is getting progressively worse and needs to be uh, solved. Maybe we purge some Tuckers, give them nicknames, or just turn this into a running joke. We need to have a vote via email on what option we want. Also, we also need all Tuckers to reveal themselves because someone Tucker wanted to find a female Tucker around the same age as them and to run a Tucker census to know how many Tuckers there are. Thanks to the Tucker that told me about the DLC for Demon Slayer. Don't worry about, uh, don't worry, I won't spoil the show. I just wanted to tell you for, for, because it is a, because it is, because it is cool and to demonstrate my power. That Tucker, have you heard about Demon Slayer Waterwheel Chronicles? It's a fan rebalance mod for the game. I have not tried it yet, but after, I've heard to, I've heard it is good. To all the hosts, I think many of us want to know what your jobs are. Can you give us a Titanfall 2 episode if you catch a break from new games? I would love to hear y'all's thoughts on that game. What are your favorite games ever? For me, it is a Titanfall 2. It is Titanfall 2. What non-MMORPG multiplayer game game do you always go back to? For me, it's the game that shall not be named, as one listener called it. It's Fortnite. Mm. Thanks for your great show from Thorin. Mm. Sean's Frankenstein PS5's iPhone inside of John's old trumpet while it's playing the weekly game chat intro for John's surprise Xbox. That is a fire from Chris's new Bowser Lego structure. I think that's where it was sent from, John. Yeah, I think that I is know. where it was yeah, sent yeah. from. Um, we did a Titanfall 2 episode and I snapped that. So, um, yeah, uh, we've already done that, bro. I don't, I actually don't remember that. I, I want to say I gave it a nine. Yeah, so, I think you liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, now this, I haven't done this in a while, but you asked specifically what non-MMO RPG multiplayer do I go back to? It has been quite some time, but I would have to say that's like Destiny or Destiny 2. Mm-hmm. I will from time to time go back into that game and play it. Um, do we? Are we going to tell them what our jobs are? I don't even know what my title of my job is. Mine is Top Dog. Mine is Associate Top Dog in Training. And John's is a resident top dog. Yeah. In theory, think about it. I have a hoodie on. Chris has a Venom t-shirt on, but John has a button up on. What's up? (laughs) So, John, you remember the inside joke is that at one email, we got two Tuckers and they were not related. You remember that? Oh, I thought it had something to do with my dog, Tucker. I don't know. No. I don't remember yeah. it at all. So I was kind of lost on the joke. I'm kind of lost on the joke. It's, 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 uh, so this is a running joke. <laughs> you can actually, John, just look at the, uh, previous emails and you could see one. You can see about. what happens. Yeah. Yeah. That was the most patronizing comment. Yeah. I've ever I'm, heard in my life. It's, I'm just, it's, no, it's, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm literally so saying, do you have the thing open right now? Gmail. That's what he's. A, uh, That's what I'm saying. It's like right there. There's no, one. it's not. See, we no. just read the run from Thorn, and last week we got one from a different Tucker. I don't see what you're seeing. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, All right, and this is going to be the last <laughs> thing we actually talk about. 
uh, today because I, I did some pre pre bus and then I went and looked. Um, yeah, this is it. I, just, yeah. I think, I think you're going to get a talk from Chris today, but thank you to this final email uh, from uh, Nacho. What's up? It'd be great if, uh, oh, let's go ahead and read the title of this email. I think it's appropriate. It says, and I quote, F you guys for changing schedule. Uh, the meat and potatoes of, of this email says that will be all donkey. And this was of course sent from professor garlic's broom closet. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so yeah, the reason I kind of said nothing else, I'm going to remind you, we are on Twitter uh, in case you wanted to at us, bro. Uh, it's weekly game chat over there. Um, and then of course that could be where I, I show my box. I get tomorrow. We'll have to see. Uh, and of course our discord, um, where we have many things. Uh, what is happening here? Did that, did that just happen? No, it didn't. Okay. We're good. Uh, in our discord, of course, weekly games chat is a community that's alive and well there. Shout out to acid sugar for kind of really being the creator and moderator of it all. Um, <laughs> and I'm laughing because I just saw speaking of acid sugar, I just saw this, what is it? This meme slash gif. <laughs> uh, it, the title of it is Every Day I'm Slytherin. I think you'd want to think of like Rick Ross when you say it, Every Day I'm Hustling, Hustling. Uh, and there's a, yeah, you just have to go check it out. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I won't lie. But ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 392 of Weekly Games Chat, uh, where we covered Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, if you wanted to watch this next time we record it, you could do so at twitch.tv. Just search for Weekly Games Chat. If you want to be a part of the conversation, you can send an email to weeklygameschat at gmail.com. You can add us at Twitter, or you can join our Discord community where I just mentioned it's alive and thriving. Uh, wherever you find the show, please leave us a review. We appreciate it. We do look at them and we appreciate the fives, you know, maybe the fours. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, it's at that point where I'm happy to look at John and Chris today. They're both here. And to both of them, I want them to know that I love them and to game on. Game on, Chris. And game. Oh, wait. What? Yeah. What? And game on, John. Game on, Sean. Game on, John. Game on, John. Peace out, everybody. Your mom's box. Thug life restored the Snyderverse. <laughs> <laughs>